With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Friends with Fantasy Benefits Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Brennis, joined by Eric Mackey on this cold, cold morning. How are you doing, sir? Doing all right. How about you? Well, it's cold, Eric. It's like I'm in a blizzard. I I almost feel like I live in the North Pole, but not really. (laughs) Uh, We've had a really odd winter this year. Usually this week and last week we're running like 40 below, but it's... It's been running high 40s for us, so it's been kind of a weird pace. So I don't know if I'll I take want it to feel sorry for you or not. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you can feel sorry in general, I suppose. It's <laughs> a good point. Our, today we're going to be recapping all of the injuries over the past week, and what do you know? More NBA superstars have gone down with injury. So, are you at all surprised as how the season has turned out in terms of the injury front? It kind of seems like there's been a, a higher amount of injuries than what we had last season, more specifically with the kind of the superstar, at least usable players from a fantasy perspective. But that may just be recency bias, too. Well, yeah, I don't remember a season in which we've had this many top, I don't know, 25, 30 players go down with injuries. I mean, I think we've lost, like, at least eight during the course of the year, which, you know, when you lose a third of your top 30 or um, top 25, basically, it's a pretty big hit to uh, fantasy owners because, you know, you could easily be someone who's lost someone in your first three rounds at multiple points during the season. You know, if you drafted someone like a Kawhi and uh, a Kevin Love or a Kawhi and a... uh, Chris Paul, you know, even if you had, like, a, a John Wall-Chris Paul combo, you know, stuff like that, you've lost, you know, you lost Harden for part of the season. So, DeMarcus now is out. So, there's a lot of uh, a lot of injuries to account for, unfortunately, at this point in the season. And we're here to go look at the fantasy relevance of the other players on the team. So, before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners where you can be reached? I can be reached on Twitter at Mackie671FWFB. 
I can be reached at bbrancefwfb. Let's jump right in. And the injury that I wanted to start off with is the John Wall injury. Now, John Wall has been having some knee problems for about a year and a half, but he really hasn't had to miss significant time or anything. But uh, earlier this week, he opted to undergo a cleanup procedure for his left knee, and that's that's going to sideline him for about six to eight weeks. Now, his numbers overall in the year are maybe slightly disappointing for what you were hoping, but they're still better than his career averages. He still has pretty decent stats in the year. Obviously, the percentages are lower than what you'd like for someone like John Wall and the pick that he spent on him. But what are you going to do to try to replace someone like John Wall at this point in the season? Well, he's another guy that's kind of hard to actually replace. And even if you're looking at his own team, you know, you basically have two non-scoring guards that you have to choose from if if you end up with that route. My preference if you stay on the team would be for Thomas Sandoransky, but neither him or Frazier score. They're more of a – they're kind of the non-scoring point guards where you end up basically just getting assists. You get some other uh, secondary stats with steals, uh, some boards, things like that, but you're not going to get the point production like you would with Wall. And usually – you know, at, at this point in the year, it's it's a little more difficult to try to replace, you know, your superstar players just because a lot of times, especially heading into the trade deadline in leagues, a lot of teams are trying to position around. So unless you're trying to actually get a deal done to replace Wall, it's going to be kind of a uh, slim options out there overall. Yeah, and I'm not really sure if this team is going to be looking to make a big move to try to acquire someone to bring in. I mean, you still have a player who's capable of taking over an offense in a Bradley Beal. We've seen John Wall go down in the past, and we've seen that Beal is, you know, still able to succeed. It's still a little tougher for him, but someone like an Otto Porter Jr. can step up a little. Players like Markeith Morris and um, Marcin Gortat may take on a little bit more of the scoring um, load in general. Yes, you're losing 20 points a game, but you know you could see an uptick of maybe three points a game from Bradley and three or four points a game from Porter and two from two from Morris. You know that's half the points right there, and then I wouldn't be surprised if one of the point guards kind of chipped in at eight to ten points a game. So I, it's easy to replace the scoring. It's the assist that you're really going to be losing out on, plus the the steals and blocks that John Wall is able to provide as a point guard. Yeah, and, and Beal does have the capability um, to production to some extent, but he is a little more volatile without Wall in the line. Um, he doesn't have quite the same ability to kind of take over like wall does but he'll definitely see an uptick um you'll probably see you know like you said an uptick with porter and morris you may also see a little bit more run uh from kelly Oubre. so it's going to be one of those kind of when the superstar goes down it's just going to kind of spread amongst the team not necessarily completely shift to another guy like you would have with the rockets like if paul goes down then harden's going to get 
huge bump or vice versa. So it's not as much of an impact to the other superstar on the team just because of the way that team's currently designed. I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to make a move. Uh, they're the fourth seed right now in the East. So realistically, they've got the talent on the team right now to just kind of tread water till John Wall comes back and get him healthy for the playoff run. Is there anyone in the uh, potential trade market that you see as a as a player that they could get? Because based on the teams that have made players available, I'm not really sure if there's any point guard that you could really get to fill in that they're going to a go to try to acquire, um, especially for the price tag. I mean, the only point guard who I even really think is potentially movable is Kemba Walker, but you're not going to a move Kemba Walker in the division. That doesn't really make any sense. It wouldn't make sense for them to go and acquire a player like Kemba Walker because of the money that he commands. And you're not going to take on another bad contract because you just already don't have enough uh, space because uh, whoever you bring back is going to be coming off the bench. So I don't really see them having a lot on the trade market. Do you? No, I don't. I think it'd be a little different story if you were looking at something that was like a season-ending injury, just because they are in a good position. But at the same time, with who's out there on the market, you know, you're not going to get Charlotte probably to trade in division, like you said. And and otherwise, with kind of who might be available, it's really not that much of a uh, to gain over what you've currently got with Santoraski and Frazier to where you'd be basically giving up something to gain a marginal amount. So I think they're probably just going to stay put with where they're at. Yeah, the only the only other potential option is that they could bring in someone like Lou Williams, depending on if they're willing to pay that price tag, because he's someone who can come and he can run the offense. He's a highly, uh, highly efficient uh, offensive guard in terms of being able to get to the line at a consistent amount and shoot from there. He's able to distribute on the offense we know he's a big point scorer he's a great sixth man and he loves coming off the bench that could potentially fill in for a john wall injury but it really just depends if they're willing to pay that price tag yeah and i think with where washington's at right now i don't see him making a move for him yeah why don't we move into the next injury that's kevin love going down uh regardless of what you feel about kevin love always playing hard or you know being quote-unquote soft or anything of that nature. He's still putting up good fantasy numbers, and he's obviously someone that fantasy owners still want to have. He's nowhere near the same Kevin Love as when he was in Minnesota, and I don't know if we'll see that type of Kevin Love again unless he goes in this a superstar of a team, and even then, not sure if we see it. But you're still losing a player who's getting you roughly nine and a half boards a game, over two twos a game, 18 points, uh, he's shooting 80% from the, the line and 46% from the field. What are you going to be able to do to replace someone like Kevin Love, who happens to be <laughs> out between uh, six to eight weeks with a broken hand? Yeah, the thing with with Love is he's a little bit easier to replace to some extent just because you know his production hasn't matched anything that he did in Minnesota for a few years. But... You know, even just on his own team, you're kind of looking at a a split between 
Jeff Green, Jay Crowder, and Channing Fry, all of them are getting about 20 minutes since he's been out. So you can't really rely on, you know, just taking one of those guys as the ability to fill in. Uh, Crowder's been getting the starts, and when he started in Boston, he was doing fairly well. But they've kind of He's kind of just been completely disappeared on Cleveland, so he's a little bit more difficult to try to um, kind of rely on. He's been getting the most minutes out of the trio, but you're still not getting a whole lot of production out of him as a whole. So, you know, with with Love, it's probably something if you if you want to go directly and go to Crowder, you can. Otherwise, you probably see who's out there on the on the waiver wire that you could match similar production, especially if you needed like the three point uh, statistics, but it may also be something that, you know, maybe you end up having to pick up uh, a power forward center to kind of get the, the rebounds and the points and then maybe get another like three and D guy or something like that in order to replace some of the, the three point. But I think with the production of Kevin Love, he's still a little bit easier to replace than what you were looking at with, you know, somebody like John Wall or something like that. The hard part with him is he's basically going to be out until almost the end of the regular season now. Yeah, that's that's the only downside. I mean, both he and Wall are on a pretty similar time frame, uh, depending on. When they come back, they're both on the roughly six to eight weeks, but obviously Love's uh, is more likely to be eight weeks than anything, and it could even be a little longer. So he's the one that you're likely uh, worried about in terms of uh, coming back for the end of the regular season. But like you were saying, you know, the boards are something that you may be able to pick up with relative ease. It's one of the things that you know, always seem to be on the waiver wire in some capacity. As a po- as for the threes and the, the points per game, that's going to be obviously a little tougher. You may be able to find someone who can get you, you know, 10 to 12 points a game and seven b- boards, uh, something around that nature. But, you know, it's going to be a little tough uh, to be able to replace all three, you know. You could get try to get someone like a, a Kelly Olenek if he's available in your leagues um, because he's able to shoot the three, get some rebounds, and score some points. You know, someone like a Dwayne Dedman's able to get points, boards, and still shoot the three at a decent clip. Uh, they both have decent uh, field goal and uh, free throw percentages. If you're looking at someone who's a, a deeper end player, you know you could look at someone like a a, a Jarrett Allen or potentially a, a Tyson Ch- or um, an Alex Len in case you need points and boards. But I'm not really sure if you're going to find someone who's able to replace everything, um, even at 75 percent or 60 percent of the value of Kevin Love. And I mean, you're still losing a top tier fantasy player, so. Why don't we move on to the next injury, and that's going to be talking about uh, Trevor Ariza, who went out in a game earlier um, this week due to a leg injury. They're unsure of when he's going to be back, but they expect him to miss some time. Obviously, I'm not a huge Trevor Ariza fan because outside of the threes and the steals, he doesn't really give you a lot else. And um, his... Uh, percentage from the line is offset from his uh, percentage from the field, basically. 
So what are your thoughts on losing someone like a Trevor Ariza uh, in which you just need to either replace threes or steals or both? Yeah, so Ariza's, you know, he's not a guy that you're probably going to have unless he was a kind of a bench guy or maybe a starter in a, in a deep league. But um, realistically, uh, with Ariza, you're probably going to be able to pick up kind of that similar player off of the same team with either P.J. Tucker, Gerald Green, if they're still out there. Um, Both of them have the ability uh, to get you the threes. Both of them are fairly decent as far as defense goes, but I think Green's probably got uh, a bit higher of a ceiling just given the fact that he likes to chuck it. Um, So I think either one of those two guys off that team, if they're available in your league, would be uh, kind of a good option with that, and Green's going to get a little bit more run too, just because Gordon's already Gordon's been out with uh, back issues the last couple games too. So, I think of the two, I'd probably go Green over PJ Tucker, but both of them are going to get you roughly the same kind of uh, stats overall. I think I would go Green in that situation, just because we've seen one. You know, someone like an Eric Gordon and uh, Chris Paul were down. You saw what Gerald Green comes in and does and how D'Antoni wants him utilized. You don't really have an, a scoring upside when it comes to P.J. Tucker. And not that Trevor Reese scored a lot of points. He only scored roughly 12 and a half a game. But you actually have some upside in what Gerald Green's able to put up. He's able to put up 20 points a game, uh, hit three threes and, you know, contribute uh, decent percentages. Uh, He could also, you know, go and have a game in which he's five for 15 and, you know, get you two threes and you're in a tough position at that point. But I think he's got the more, uh, the higher upside to be able to bring fantasy owners at least closer to the production of what they were potentially missing from a Trevor Reza. Agreed. What about someone like a, a Malcolm Brogdon, who is going to be out due to a um, partially torn uh, quad tendon, and he's going to roughly miss six to eight weeks as well. Uh, these injuries seem to be uh, piling up all at the same time, unfortunately. And, you know, as of right now, they still have uh, Eric Bledsoe and uh, Giannis to be able to take over Ball, uh, ball handling capabilities, but does losing someone like Brogdon hurt you significantly if you're in a if you're in a deep league or even if you're in a, a mid-sized league? Well, with Brogdon, he really hadn't been doing a whole lot until recently. Anyway, he's kind of been, you know, even when he's been out there, he's kind of been the third or fourth option, and other than some spurts. I mean, he hadn't really been doing a whole ton overall. He is good from the standpoint that he'll get stats across the board in multiple categories. So trying to replace what he will be able to get you for things like rebounds, assists, steals, and even some blocks in there from the shooting guard position will be a little bit difficult, but he he's probably someone that unless you were running a deep league, you know, 14, 16 teams, he's probably more of a bench player for you anyway. So he's probably a little bit easier to replace, but 
kind of with where this team is currently, it's a little bit difficult to try to pick, you know, if you were going directly off the team who you would go for just because they've got so many other potential options. But, you know, realizing the fact that regardless of who uh, steps in, I mean, they're going to be the third or fourth option as it is anyway. So I don't know that he's that difficult to replace overall, uh, even in a deeper league. I think the most difficult thing for you to be able to replace with someone like Brockton is the consistency of being able to bring solid stats to the game as a, uh, as a late mid to late round pick for, for fantasy owners. I mean, he still played 38 minutes a game. Uh, he still had good uh, percentages uh, from the line and from the field. Yeah, he doesn't contribute a ton of rebounds or uh, assist. But, you know, having a three a game, a steal a game, and so having 13 points a game is still somewhat helpful as someone who's probably the fifth option, fourth option on their team. So... I think that it's a decent fantasy hit because you may not have a ton on your waiver wire in a medium to deep lead that can go and replace his value. But I think the thing that you're going to miss most is consistency. Yeah, you definitely could get the same kind of production from him day in and day out in just multiple categories. So that's going to be the kind of the hardest thing to replace overall. But you know, there's there's probably options on the waiver wire that you can probably get a couple kind of similar. I mean, looking around, kind of who's out there right now. Um, you know, somebody, maybe even like Denzel Valentine may be out there. Uh, maybe a Jordan Clarkson. And even Tyler Johnson, if he can stay healthy, might be options too. So it just kind of depends overall. Um but I think of the players we've talked about, he's probably the little bit easier to replace, but you're definitely not going to get as balanced to production. Um, what about someone like a Jabari Parker who came back from his injury uh, for the first time? He's still available in 60% of leagues. I'm sure that number in uh, leagues that people are actually paying attention is pretty slim. The likelihood that he's actually available in your league is probably unlikely um, if you're in a competitive league, but he's still worth an option of uh, looking into. He's obviously going to pick up the scoring um, aspect of everything, I would guess. He has a chance to have a decent uh, field goal percentage. Not sure if he's going to have a great uh, percentage from the line, um, similar to what Brogdon had at you know 88%, but he'll be able to bring some value back to the team by being able to fill in, uh, because if they, say, move Giannis to the point guard and Bledsoe to uh, the off-ball, you could easily see Parker coming in and getting some run after he gets his legs under him and being kind of uh, one of those wing uh, players to uh, playing the forward potentially, depending on what they're going with with the rotation. If he's able to come in and fill in for that replacement value that you uh, that you need for Brogdon. Yeah, I think if obviously if Parker's still out there in in your league, I definitely would try to snake him. He's he's generally tended over the initial part of his career to be more of a kind of a 
a points guy and then a little bit of rebounds. He generally hadn't been getting the stat sheet anywhere else uh, overall in a significant matter. And even rebounds, he was a little bit lacking. But he's definitely a guy that once he starts getting some run underneath him, that I think is going to be a good viable option and should probably get absorbed some of the minutes that uh, of usage that Brodon had or Brogdon had. But, you know, you're kind of looking at a guy that, you know, he got 15 minutes out in his first game back. And I think the Bucks are going to try to be very careful, given that he's already blown the same knee out twice. There's no need for them to rush him back at all. So they may cap him a little bit more, that he may get a little bit more rest. But he's definitely a guy that before he tore his ACL last year was actually making a little bit more significant strides uh, as a player, as a more well-rounded player so he could definitely be a guy to pick just his ceiling's going to be capped coming off that injury for a while yeah i'm not sure how long it's going to take him to come back up to game speed i wouldn't be surprised if it took another two and a half three weeks obviously you saw what a team like san antonio did with Kawhi leonard who wasn't out nearly as long and isn't is a far significantly better fantasy player but you saw how long it took him to, quote-unquote, get closer to game speed. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jabari Parker hovered around 15 to 20 minutes for the next two weeks. And then it takes him maybe another two weeks for him to get back up to uh, even more speed. So you're not going to see a ton of production outside Jabari Parker. But you know what he brings to the table is, is that he's going to look to score. He may get you some rebounds. And as a result of being able to do that, if he is able to shoot the three at a decent capacity, he's at least going to be able to replace some of the value. And having somebody like Jabari Parker, even if you did lose Brogdon and you're looking for someone to pick up and he is available, you're still going to get a decent fantasy player because when he's healthy, he's capable of being a top 100 player with relative ease. But the problem is, is like you said, he's blown that knee out twice. He's got to stay healthy. And I'm not sure if... uh, someone of his stature is able to stay healthy given the, given his age and the injury history. Why don't we move into a slightly deeper league setting, and let's talk a little bit about Cody Zeller, who came back from an injury yesterday. Now, Cody Zeller may not be a big household name in terms of what fantasy owners are looking to get at this point of the season, but he's still someone who will likely play 20 to 25 minutes a game um, as the season goes on, especially if they actually are able to trade one of the bigs off the team. But right now, you have a Marvin Williams injury, and we're not sure when he's going to come back. Is there any chance that Cody Zeller has any fantasy relevance for the rest of the year? And if so, how deep of a league do you need to uh, be in for you to want to grab him? Uh, I think, you know, Zeller's, I'm probably looking at, as far as size of the league, you know, maybe 14. He probably has a little bit more relevance as a six in like a 16-team league. Um, you know, obviously his value will go up if they are able to actually trade one of the bigs. But, you know, overall, kind of with this team, you're, you're pretty much going to get you know, at most 18 to 20 minutes, he'll probably get you close to 
a double double, but um, you know, if if you need somebody to get your boards and some points, he's he should be a fairly viable option in a in a deep league like a sixteen team league. But you're probably looking at a little bit of time of you know, in, unless his minutes start creeping up to that twenty minute range. I mean, they're coming out. He's coming off of injury, so they're going to monitor him a little bit. But until he starts getting up around those twenty minutes, he's going to be more of a player. I'm probably inclined to watch for now and just see kind of what happens with the production and with the team towards the trade deadline. But, um, you know, even even so, if they are able to move Dwight, you're still probably going to have a little bump in minutes for him, but he's still going to split time between, you know, Frank the Tank, and they've been giving Johnny O'Brien a little bit of run too. So it's a little bit hard to kind of peg value on him because he's never really put up a lot of full-time starters minutes throughout his career. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree. I mean, obviously, in a dynasty league, if he was available on your waiver wire, which I mean, he's available in ninety eight percent of leagues, so he should be available. If in, if you're looking for someone who uh, is young, could have some decent upside in the fantasy aspect going forward, that may not necessarily have a ton of value this year, and you have a roster spot. I think that Cody Seller is someone that is worth picking up because. If they do make some moves in that uh, that front court, he's going to be someone who who can bring decent value, and uh, he's still young enough that if he went somewhere else, he could bring fancy value to another team. Eric, I have a quick question for you. Obviously, okay. this is going to be the second injury of a fractured ankle that we've seen this year, and I'm not sure if you actually got to see the Isaiah Cannon injury. But does him... Being out for the entire year, does that do anything for Tyra Ulysses' value? I understand Tyra Ulysses is, is a backup, and he's very rarely going to be in the starting lineup. But for a deep, deep league, is he going to bring any value? You know, it's the point guard situation for Phoenix has been really kind of crazy just because, you know, they had Mike James who probably had a higher potential overall production ceiling than Euless. They basically, he fell out of favor and they ended up cutting him. Um, you know, and, and Euless really hasn't flashed much of anything overall. He's, he's kind of a score first guy as far as, you know, he's not a very good distributor. So he's kind of just going to give you that empty point stance from a point guard. So I don't really see him being much of a, a viable option. They've shifted over to where Devin Booker's basically run point initially, um, and he's done fairly well with that in in that time frame. But I don't. I mean, Ulysses. Yeah, you could pick him up as a guy to fill in the guard, but he really just doesn't have you know much of a ceiling. If I'm looking out on the waiver wire between like you know Ulysses or Gerald Green, I'm snapping Gerald Green up way before I consider Ulysses. It'd have to be a pretty deep league where I was desperate for a starter to try to pull him in right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand of, you know, not looking to pick someone like him up just because the value of um, what you're going to be able to get from someone like a Tyler Ewis is, is pretty, pretty slim, and the only reason that you would even concern picking him up is if you need, like, a body and say you're in a 15-team a league or a 16-team league, 
I, I don't think that you're really looking to pick him up otherwise. Um, I mean, he still gets 23 minutes a game, but he shoots 38% from the field. Uh, the only nice thing is, is that he gets four assists a game and seven uh, points per game and a steal. This is basically the only redeeming factors of someone like a Tyler Eulis, but I wouldn't be surprised if, given uh, the backcourt situation right now in Phoenix, if he finished the season having maybe 26, 27 minutes a game and saw a slight uptick in uh, in the scoring and maybe an extra assist per game. And if he's able to improve on that field goal percentage, you could see him being maybe a, a, t- a 10 to 11 points per game player off the bench. Yeah, and I think that's probably his ceiling. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of manage stuff going forward. Uh, they've still got such a, you know, a glut at the front court, but that back court's gotten pretty ugly in a hurry. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it has. And I mean, right now they have Devin Booker playing the point guard and, you know, someone like a Josh Jackson's actually getting a lot of shots and yeah, he's still having a tough time shooting from the field, but if he Warren and, uh, Booker are scoring, I'm not really sure if there's a lot of other uh, people that they're going to have to rely on. I mean, Monroe's gone now. They clearly don't like Alex Wen. Uh, Tyson Chandler's old, and, you know, he could move. Any any uh, trade deadline, you always feel that he could potentially move somewhere. They have so many young players that they can move, but no one that you really trust. So someone like Ulysses, if he sees upwards of 25 to 27 minutes, you may be able to trust him as a, a, a bench option. So, yep. Eric, why don't you tell our listeners where you can be reached and what you're working on? So I can be reached on Twitter at Mackey671FWFB and still working on some stuff for NFL and still trying to get some stuff hammered out for NBA. And I can be reached at bbrandsfwfb. You'll be able to find me on the Keenan and Friends podcast once a week uh, for the baseball show. I will be joined by Ray Kuhn and Evan Peterson. You'll also be able to continue to find Eric and myself twice a week on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits basketball podcast. You'll also be able to find some of my written work in our uh, fantasy baseball uh, draft guide, which will be coming out later this month. From the rest of us at Friends with Fantasy Benefits, have a great basketball season, everyone.